Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Thanks for checking out this banner return to the Tough Enough series. It's Tough Enough Season 2, Volume Number 2 by your pals here at the Alatura Podcast. We've decided to return to the heady days of reality TV and MTV for that matter. So if you've not checked out the previous episodes, do check out Tough Enough Season 2, Volume 1 as we're continuing the story from there. And a big shout out to everyone who came and supported us at the London Podcast Festival our best ever show we sold out twice over and you will get access first and foremost to that audio if you're a backer over on the patreon patreon.com forward slash ae podcast where we're supported by all of our lovely backers and fans you'll get access to that as well as a whole ridiculous amount of audio goodies including the smackdown crawl nearly 100 episodes the bibliotech some examples here on the main free feed new series the reading ranch i'm reading jid and video episodes out the wazoo including an exciting new board gamesmanship. All the details and much more available for a mere $5 a month over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. But for now, let's get settled in, polish off a few tombstones and get ready to do it the way it needs to be done. It's time for Tough Enough Season 2, Volume 2. Tough Enough Season 2. Volume 2, and it only took, diddly-do, two and a half years and a global pandemic. We're doing it the way that, I can only assume at this point this isn't how Al Snow intended us to do it when he when he was cameoed to ask us to do it. But here we are, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, joined as I am always in this look through the ill-fated MTV WWE mix-up joined as I am always by my cohorts comrades and colleagues firstly Adam the Maven Bibolo. Oh, what a way to introduce me. What? The fucking, you're the ace. That's Imagine good. this is your first time listening to the AE podcast. You're like, let's hear what these lads are all about. This guy's the Maven of the group. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to give him a fair shake. Uh, sorry, I went back two and a half years to find what I called you in the last episode. And I called you Adam the Maven Bibolo. And how did I react two and a half years ago? I said, that you, you believe you said there was one thing you were passionate about. <laughs> and that was inflicting pain on the maven okay i will give you this at least if people see me in public and say are you adam bibolo i'm usually like no no you got the wrong guy buddy <laughs> no, like no, completely no. <laughs> so i guess we have that in common exactly you go perfect right although maybe he's, he's been back in the public eye yeah yeah i should get that tough enough trophy back off ebay again so like. basically everything we said in the previous episodes you need to disregard right now because time has certainly made fools of us all including the world of tough enough and i'm joined by the toughest man on the planet, and he is tussing us, it's Ooh. Mr. Billy Keeble. Hello. How you doing, Bill? I'm good, I fucking miss Tough Enough. Yeah. Why did you miss Tough Enough? What's the special sauce with Tough Enough? I don't know, I just, I just, I, I get so giddy when we record episodes, when we mm-hmm. cover Tough Enough. It's just, it's the season one, like, it was the most fun I think I've had recording. It's a weird time, I think I'll always love, and this is, we're still in this time in Tough Enough season two, where no one has quite yet figured out how to do reality TV perfectly well. Mm. And one thing I can definitely say from looking back from the previous episode, the first volume of, of Tough Enough Season 2, is that MTV seemed to have their hands in the cookie jar of deciding how things go a little bit more this season. 
at least in the first few weeks, they absolutely did. I went back and watched those first three episodes because it's been so fucking long. I needed to refresh myself on the whole saga. Oh, so you watched the, the auditions and everything. All of that. And they so, were dark-sided. They were very dark-sided. I noticed a lot of things I didn't notice first time around. Like, remember the, there was a guy who, like, was kind of out of shape and they looked at his headshot and it was like this really muscly beach dude. Obvious plant. Like, looking at it again now, it's like, obviously this guy's not a real auditionee. Mm. Like, oh! straight up MTV none of the WWF guys even speak to him it's just the w the MTV people being like oh so you ate all that at Halloween did you have a nice Thanksgiving like it's proper fucking so horny are they ribbing the WWF guys maybe a little they refer to the auditionees as the cast at some point as like, yeah. this is our final cast for season 2 like. okay the only way to know was to see like what Taz did when he went in and saw that lad if he was like you okay you got a breakfast bar you got everything you need Aww. you know you got the snacks for the for the plants in the green room yeah like, in the green yeah. room you get some special <laughs> uh, you know it's interesting to know that in two and a half years Adam has become a cynic regarding Tony enough practices yeah it's just been a horrible couple of years i guess <laughs> I, I ain't the man i used to be <laughs> so we're gonna go through as we said we would in two and a half years ago but no it's an episode we never said when we do the next uh, part uh, uh. and we never said when we'd stop the coronavirus pandemic no. either did we but we didn't say when we were going to do the, the summer of punk bonus episodes for season two like these are all still up in the air folks no okay? i'm pretty sure i categorically rule that out <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Se yeah. never in a million years yeah that's one of those things that's happened both behind and in front of the paywall yeah. like you know. <laughs> exact words used were ah what's the fucking point <laughs> <laughs> so here we are with episode Episode number four of Tough Enough, and it comes to me now to ask if one of you has got the titles of the episodes, because I realise now I have not. I have got mm -hmm. them. What have we got, Billy? So, episode four, now that's humiliating. <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> episode five, all about personality. And episode six, Raw Rewards. Okay. Mm. Can you determine which is the episode that's mostly going to be a compilation of a random episode of Monday Night Raw? Because <laughs> it's going to be the finale of this episode of the Attitude Podcast. We start off getting us submerged back exactly where we were. Yep. We're in Tracks West. What's Tracks West? Imagine Tracks, but more humid and worse. Yes. And you haven't got the remote possibility of anyone from the actual company wandering in on an off chance and being like, oh, there you are now. Tracks is GTA 4, Tracks West, GTA 5. Mm. That's as simple as I can put it, to be honest. Ah, uh, no, I was going to say, like, Tracks West is like the Battle of the Gay Tony or something like that. It's like, <laughs> you know, really? All right, you know. That's still set in New York, Kevin. You're committed to the bit at this point. Okay, all right. This is Vice City Stories on the PSP. <laughs> okay, give me that. Or I'll push this is the PS3 remaster of Vice City Stories <laughs> streaming on PlayStation Now the way it was intended. I was in on this immediately because the first thing we see after the previously on Tough Enough is we see Big Show airplane spinning Linda while she screams. Oh, and I was man. like, I've missed this fucking show. Yeah. The thing about this show that I realise is that in the theme, there's a part where it sounds like Triple H. Yes. Where it's like, I have to five referees. Yeah. Well, what's that all about? Is it him? Was he laying down tracks? I, I, this is, for some reason, all the episodes we watched before now, this is the first time I actually was able to understand what's going on. Because, you know, the opening is like... <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry! It seems like it's mostly people going like, You fucking think I'm tough enough! Just shouting at each other all the time. So it's, it's just like test entrance team all over again. Kinda. A little less, less whiny. Much less mystery there. It's just the same words over and over mm. again, allegedly. Now, I made a big, big boo boo before watching this in the two and a half years that have come. This only happened the last two and a half days. 
But I started reading Tajiri's uh, book about professional wrestling theory and like what makes mm-hmm. a wrestler and his his thoughts in the training, how you present your character. So a lot of the stuff that came up in these few episodes was directly relevant to this this book that I've I've just read. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things he says, and he's like, "Now call me old fashioned or call me crazy new age," and I think this might be controversial. When you're training, Tajiri believes that you shouldn't be taking bumps nonstop over and over again for drills. Okay. Because he says that you've got, and this theory we've heard before from other wrestlers, that you only got X amount of bumps on your bump cards. That's true. So you should use those gaining experience in a match where you'll develop your character, learn how to communicate, learn all these other skills, Mm. as opposed to wearing in the body, which is a machine, as he tells us. That's a fair point. And in the same book, he says that Super Crazy was like the sun in ECW, and Tajiri was like the moon. I love this book. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of true, because when you hear stories of... uh, Super Crazy being in the cosmos. Yeah. (laughs) We've warm, Adam, okay? (laughs) When you hear stories of older wrestlers talking about how they got trained, yeah, there are some where they say, I literally took a bump over and over again, or did something really arduous. But I'd say the vast majority of wrestler stories and their stories of training are not that. No, it's you true. See, I was going to say the opposite. I thought that there was this was quite a common practice was you need to be conditioned by doing bumps and bumps and bumps and bumps and bumps. Give it to callous up the body. And That's all what that. I've heard from a yeah. bunch of different sources. I like... think there's very, very different approaches to how one can train for wrestling because. Mm. Yeah, you might think, oh, old school. The old school way is what they're doing here, right? Taking bumps over and over again. Put a man on your back, run up some concrete steps. (laughs) Classic Vern Gagne special right there. like Nice and easy. But, like, you know, what's strange about it is that the very old school way in the 70s and even into the 80s when you were being trained, a lot of people maybe wouldn't want to give you bumps over and over again because you wouldn't know until even after your first two or three matches, you wouldn't even know that it's a work. So what am I doing in a warehouse taking hip tosses and flat back bumps if this is a shoot? They'd much rather you do a 10 mile run and a thousand Hindu squats or whatever it is. Stu Hart wasn't making the boys bump in the dungeon. No, he was stretching They were just getting stretched. Yeah, he was not, he was kneading in those calluses. He was craning them, you know? (laughs) Aaron was cut in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Adam, you watched all the episodes recently. So, what was Aaron's? Uh, what was showing him the door here? He died, unfortunately, during one of the challenges. Oh, he like, did. Didn't yeah, he? if you remember, he like, got a heat stroke. He couldn't jump. Did you actually <laughs> say he died? I thought. <laughs> Whoa! They skimmed over that in the recap. There was that one challenge, almost it, like a tombstone. Uh. The, the assault course they have to do every day on the beach. On the first go round of doing that, he had to do this bit where you jump onto a step, and he literally couldn't do it. He was like smashing his shins into oh, it. Oh yeah, and then he just collapsed and they cut to a shot of him literally like arms flopped out Medic. completely like completely pallid and like green skin basically he died for a minute there and apparently he'd had like a diuretic or something like that and... oh that was it he went he got something over the counter didn't he yeah. he went into the pharmacy and got some goblins ghouls and witches <laughs> pretty much yeah. time they reached right the past the nutrient on the front <laughs> shelf there on the, la- on the shelf of poisons ah like. uh, yes the Russian roulette of shopping in an American pharmacy but it was one of these things where like he seemed to have a lot of different things going on for him he seemed like he could have been a superstar because it was Aaron as well who said that you know I'm thinking of Breaking up with my girl. He wrote a letter to his and girlfriend. And then immediately got fucking thrown out of the competition. Yes. But they thought his body wasn't up to the task, basically. That's why he was cut. Yeah, it was interesting looking back at this cast of characters. And 
we focus on, I'd say there's two thirds of the cast that we focus on, but I feel like we've been through three episodes and another three episodes here today, and there are people who you see like once or twice, and it's like, oh yeah. I mean, who's the other blonde lady? Like the big, other big blonde Annie, lady who's yeah, Annie. Annie. Yeah. She like, says nothing Doesn't all three episodes. In. It's the classic apprentice kind of dilemma where the first few episodes you're constantly being like who's that in the background yeah. we just don't have the tv time to give everyone the focus i will say i appreciate the breezy 21 minute runtime of an episode of tough oh, enough yeah, baby. baby give me that junk food hell yes so what is interesting about this is that time has passed so you would think something from 2002 couldn't get even more recontextualized and mm. I have to come to you now, folks, here with a regret. I don't think I hammered home enough, like really drilled home for you at home, how much Matt Morgan currently here in 2002 looks like Roy from The Office. He does. Mm. He does. Wow. Big big, new, big fucking vitamin selling head on him here, like. Yeah. And I didn't think it was possible that Matt Morgan, who I went out of my way at every opportunity across many different podcasts and series to talk about how little I like him, I didn't think he could come up with whole new ways for me to hate him entirely unrelated to wrestling. Well, he said he was going to go to the art show with Pam, but he ended up going on his bloody jet skis with his brother again. Yeah, <laughs> and then his brother was jet skiing. He's like, have you heard about this QAnon thing? <laughs> oh, fuck me, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Not even a nice junk food episode. Like, oh, tough enough will be easy. No, no. the controversy section is overflowing. we sent his DNA to space. I know. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> the conspiracy is spreading into the asteroid field. This is bad news. Fucking hell. So, yeah, more on that th throughout the episodes Oy. but uh, his political career which actually literally started around the time we, we uh, political career this man is a former mayor this man is now a commissioner in Florida in, a, in an assumedly a cursed county uh, amid some certain controversy as well currently yes oh, he is with the allocation of funds yes if I, if I because a lot of money that went to Mr. Matt Morgan from a now disgraced financier involved with that county was for products for a company that were never created or existed Hmm. I leave the politics out of Adam with your hmm. home. Like, come on now, right? Let's, let's just, look, it's on straight now. Let's talk about how he's got a head like a big fucking cabbage. Yeah, that's, yeah, so. that's great. What it? cabbage is it most like, Kevin? It's like a Savoy cabbage that's enclosed within a white cabbage. Oh, yeah, I see that. It's firm, but lumpy. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's safe to say that Al is much reduced duties compared to season one at this point. Yes. I feel like he's like a featured performer here. Yeah, you know, he, he's not here all the time. He's kind of like taking on, like in the, at least in these three episodes, he's kind of like uh, taking more of the guise of a spiritual guru. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's like an emotional consultant for for the, for the gang. And in points as well, Billy, we can both agree he becomes a spiritual guru as well. Yes. You know, <laughs> truly the guru to the minions of the cast uh -huh. of Tough Enough. Yeah. I like I I've never seen any minion stuff, but I just love the word "guru." It's great, isn't it? I love it. It's so funny. I'll say it to myself sometimes in bed and have a big old laugh. Is it because it uh, reminds you of Steve Brill brew? It may be, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's it's a nice long ooh sound. You know, but Al has definitely shared his responsibilities out. Like him, Taz, and Jackie. I think he was definitely the leader last time round. Mm. Yeah. Whereas here, Bob and Ivory definitely seem, and Chavo as well. They seem to be taking on more of a role. Yeah. Does Chavo get a nameplate at any? point in this episode because I feel like he was no. there so they didn't want you to know that he was actually a wrestler like, I don't think he did I think he did in the first three episodes yeah. I don't think he did here what I feel this actually is is that the Alliance have got one trainer this season it's like the way mm. Heyman was put on 
commentary on yeah. SmackDown. You know, it's actually now we have to have a, a heel alliance member tra- train them in the way of WCW Alliance Raw. The lack of nameplates as well here, because we've not watched this in yeah. two and a yeah. half years. I, I have called Jake Pete for the vast majority of yeah. my notes. And Jake is the guy with the really stupid haircut, right? Yes. You want to do it like Steve Austin doing Broken School Challenge. Big man. Big man in the blue shirt. <laughs> what do you say about that? <laughs> Weird looking guy over there. He's talking about Bob Holly. It's it's Hawk. Hawk is the character of this oh, season. Hawk is basically the protagonist of this bunch mm. of episodes, I would say. Hawk is like, he's got something. Mm. And I think like you, you could argue in a certain context that maybe he could be molded into something in the world of wrestling. Definitely. But it ain't a wrestler, mm. and now, it certainly see, ain't a tough enough competitor turned superstar. I, I could see him like being a backstage interviewer or something like that. He's a bit tall for it, is it? You'd have to do the Tom Phillips thing of like spreading his legs out as far I'm as I'm squatting possible, down like. here now, Drew, and I don't want anyone to know that sure I'm as tall as you, so I am. Mm. So I'm squatting here and he, he's probably got legs on him like a leg of fucking lamb in summer, <laughs> like Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, Hawk is, I think, here mainly because he brings out something good in Bob Holly. Yeah. Little cheeky smile on Bob. (laughs) They get a a very funny moment immediately where, like, Jake says um, that the coaches all seem to have one person that everyone that they pick on the most. Right, yeah, yeah. And this was established in the earlier episodes that Bob picks on Hawk fucking loads. Uh, Which immediately cuts to Bob Holly. Grabbing Hawk by the face and shaking it like a yeah. dog. Yeah. While well, Bob's got a massive smile on his face. Yeah, I, I would argue that you should never do that to a dog. Yeah. What Bob did to Hawk, <laughs> like, you know, that's just cruel. Like. But then Hawk says, "You know, I think I think he does that because he likes me." Immediately cuts to Bob again. I don't like him. I will never like him. I will never like him. My mind is made up. Look, we all have varying experiences with the big shot, but it's safe to say we have three men here who are very, very well acquainted with one Robert Hardcore Holly. Mm -hmm. Was this something that the producer said, hey, Bob, go pick on him? I'm sorry, in my mind, the producer is just Michael Hayes. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Or, Or is it Bob going... I don't like this guy, Hawk. I'm gonna pick on him. That's I it. think by the end of these episodes, though, he does, he does like him a bit. Oh yeah, for sure. He, he didn't detach his retinas this, once. Yeah. This is how Bob comes to like people: is he'll yeah. be shitty with them, and if you can tolerate his shittiness and you mm. can handle it in a, res- in a way that he is deeming to be respectful, mm. then you'll get his respect. So yeah, of course, Hawk sucks it up and takes it, and as a result, Bob ends up liking him in the end. There's only one way to describe Hawk on this episode, and they they use this word many times. He's bizarre. Yeah. Because yeah. he eats wacky things like a hawk witch. What's that? <laughs> Whoa. A hawk witch, yes. Two blueberry Eggo waffles with one big slab of peanut butter in the middle. I, w- I was sat there waiting. It's like, uh-huh, and? And what's the crazy part? Yeah. We put fucking peanut butter on a breakfast toaster food. Like, put some oh. chocolate syrup in there or something. I don't know. Put, that, put a fucking slivered almond in there, Hawk. Shake it up a little bit. But he tells us the ingredients for the Hawk, which in the same breath that he tells Jake that he had a dream or he killed someone last yes. night before. Interesting. Like, what is going on with Hawk? <laughs> Fascinating, man. Yeah, this is like all the stuff that was going on Christian Chris's head from the first season yeah. that he never yes. verbalized. He's just saying like, it out loud. Yeah. Like, the bumps are coming quick and fast. And oh, wouldn't you know, score one for the school of the Japanese buzzsaw because Alicia's developed back problems from taking stupid fucking bumps over and over again. Here we go. I'm just saying, like, you know, I'd always, you know, I'd heard about this whole thing that you have to take a million bumps. And I was like, mm. I don't want to do that. Like, you know, that's fucking that's awful. You know, particularly because I've always heard, like, you know, from the first bump of the makers. But now here I am, like, in my mid 30s thinking, 
Well, if I can train without taking a single bump. I'm Googling some wrestling schools, uh, yeah. I'm not going to be no Dave Batista, but I could be a DDP. Yeah, you know? there you go. <laughs> I could segue into something else, like stalking or yoga real yeah, quick. Yeah, if that know? freak can do it, so can you. No bumps, right? Easy. So Alicia, she's immediately like in this rock and a hard place situation where it's like, you're too sore, but she's just kind of seen someone get cut because they're not tough enough for yep. dealing with their life-threatening injuries. Big John comes in for a look. Mm-hmm. I, why is it that if a woman is hurt, Big John is just to come straight in there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me have a look at it. I didn't miss this fucking freak. I did not miss yeah. him at all. Don't like him at all. No. Trying to figure out what he's up to at the moment. Mysteriously question marks. Just people talking shit about him to various mm-hmm. degrees. Velvet Sky's done interviews where she's like, "You know when the TNA Knockouts division was amazing? It was because he wasn't there. Remember when it got shit?" Because he came. Ah. Ah, there you go. Mm, interesting. So, a man with the power to ruin a women's division. Interesting that. I remembered how much I hated him when he was talking about Hawk and he was like, you know who Hawk reminds me of? We've got a poster of Steve Austin in here. Fuck off. It's Steve Come Austin on. with two faces. It's Unforgiven 2001, folks. There is three Austin faces No, there. he's disrespecting it. Any fair weather wrestling fan could tell you that big. So she's got a muscle strain in her lower back, according to the professional they take him to. I do like... That they take him to regular doctors. Not MTV doctors. Or WWE doctors. Yeah. You know, because you're going to see the people who look at Sean's broken smile and be like, that's a fucked up knee you got there, son. You got to retire ASAP, you know? Mm. It is is the type of doctors who are going to look at a wrestling injury and be like, well, yeah, like, you should fucking stop jumping on your back every two seconds. That's going to make recovering your muscle strain really hard. But she's immediately in the wrestling mindset because he tells her that and she says, says, Doc. Just give me the fucking pills. Give me the painkillers, baby. The show must go on. Yeah, she goes from being coy to be like straight up. She says, give me painkillers or or whatever. Like, make it go away. Anything will do. Is it just me or has her personality completely changed from the first three episodes? She's been difficult to figure out, I think. I don't know if it's because it's tiredness and pain. That she's not being because like in the first like she was like a, a a party animal kind of thing. There was tiredness though. If you remember mm. the day where they announced the fin- the finalists, she slept in. She slept in and yeah. like rocked up at like half eleven. Like oh, you said it would just be up at eleven. I didn't think it had to be here. Yeah, there's a few times where it's kind of like she's 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 got a boot and rally element to her. Mm. It seems like you know the boot in this case is uh, extremely strained muscle on her back. Yeah, which he's told she has to be offered for at least three days and then start a course of intense therapy yes. to actually make it right. So, yeah, for someone who likes her liquor more than most in this season, the fact mm. that she's been given a big old jar of horse pills now doesn't e- bode well. But sure, how bad could tomorrow be? Oh, it's another school buster. Okay, let's do it again. It's like they've rented this thing out and they've rented out this guy, Raphael. He's like, he's a fucking sadist, this dude. Yeah. He just wants to run these kids into the ground. It feels like this is the reason we're doing this on the West Coast. Is like, Raphael's we've got, got this great guy with a great assault course on a great beach. I just don't feel like this m- means anything. No! Like, I, I understand exercising, doing your cardio, yeah, 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 yeah. conditioning. Yeah. And even but getting just, into the reps of stuff. But like, just yeah. doing a fucking assault course, like it's a wacky warehouse. Every day. I don't, I don't get it. I, I agree with you as well, Billy, because like, I realised after this episode that any time they want to dangle them to do anything, it's like, we'll get two days off doing That's this it. training. They offer that three separate times across three yeah. episodes here. And how important could it be if you can miss two days of it because you're good at rodeo? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it exists solely as an incentive to not have to do it. Like Also as well, the Broken Skull Challenge, you just get to do it on some dirt and some water and some fucking, there's, you know, there's some icy bits and yeah, all that. Yeah, a bit of the temperature variance. 
sponge? Yeah. No, no. You've got them there, like, doing sit-ups in the sand, going... That is awful. It's so bad. Like, I won't even eat on a beach. That's too strong. Imagine doing all that physical exertion, all sticking to you and everything. Awful. And Raphael says just enough to let you know that he enjoys this. Mm. Oh know? yeah, he's he's in a way getting off on this. I'm trying to find out more about the kind of the, the other players here. And mm. Raphael, mysterious. He's a ghost. Mm. I'm trying to think of this man's real name isn't Raphael. Big John gives them personality homework. That's yep. right, we're gonna test their feet and levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta hold on to this special stick that I've got here. <laughs> Alright, you know what? Their personality is fucking changing. They need a personality that will make them clean that pool. Oh my, alright, I know it's an underground railroad house that we have to respect for its <laughs> historical significance, but clean the pool, lads. Oh my god. We literally had an infestation in the previous episode yeah. as well, like from people not cleaning up after themselves. Same like meth drug empire kingpins clean their pools, you know, why don't they clean theirs? So, yeah, the homework is. It's taken them by surprise, some people. Don't sweat it at all. Other people are, you know, panicking big. Yeah. It, th- this is homework I have done yeah. as, as part of, like, drama, drama work. For sure. Right, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. where you just get, like, a, a, an A4 piece of paper that is very generic sentences, and you fill in adjectives yep. to just basically come up with the, the, the fishbone of a character. Right, to basically create a word cloud about who you are. Or yeah. Enough, yeah. It's really funny, though, because Matt Morgan is like, I don't sweat this at all. This is so easy. It took me three minutes. Like, yeah, no surprise there. It took me three minutes to realize you're a shit character in wrestling. Like, <laughs> what's his character? He's big. Oh, great. Like, a bit of him oh, in space. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Vince McMahon character, not a Matt yeah, Morgan character. For sure. Hawk, though, he's bugging out here. He's he's freaking yeah. out big time. He's oh. asking the other guys, like, what did you put for this bit? Yeah. I've been trying to copy them and then... He's really struggling and he's taking it very seriously and writing really long verbose answers and everyone starts taking the piss out of him for it and making fun of his words. But it's it's like it, it's gentle ribbing. It's not like them being like really mean. I didn't get. But I think I, if enough people are doing it and you're stressed, yes, that yes, comes it. across. It feels like, like a bit of a pile yeah. on. And as a little reminder, we found out in the first clutch of episodes that Hawk has got ADHD, which he said specifically yeah. he's oh. not medicated for. Right, well so it's 2002, so we ain't going to get any simpy for that whatsoever so from them. This lad is neurodivergent and struggling with this work, and everyone's taking the piss out of him, and he ends up ripping it up. And I like got so fucking upset watching this. Like he felt very relatable yeah because he's on the phone of... to his parents like he's in tears and he can't really put his finger on he can't describe what he feels he's just saying like i don't feel like myself i feel all wrong nothing something's not right like and they're all in this really high pressure situation where you feel like you know most of them at any point you know, some of them put on a bigger brave facade than others but most of them feel like they're one or two like a bad scenario away from the tearful call yes, home the breakdown and, and taking a guy who's clearly like struggling a bit under the surface everyone has all eyes on him all the time yep. going in with a piece of paper saying like describe who you are and mm-hmm. you can't do it and the frustration of not being mm-hmm. able to do anything yet alone describe who you are yep. that's going to be one of those things that makes you go like I don't know have one of those weird out of fucking body experiences like, yeah. you know? and I've been getting bullied by Bob Holly every day for the last few weeks like it's fucking hard 
acting class. We got Sam Christensen. I checked it out. It's a it's an actual drama school on yeah, Google baby. reviews. They, they this... got the casting director from the Champ, baby. <laughs> oh! Hey, Adam, these have got nothing but five star reviews on Google reviews. Oh yeah, they got like eight or nine offices worldwide. Oh, it's also permanently closed now because he did die in two thousand and nineteen. Yes, he did. So. His legacy lives on. Wait, so he's been franchised posthumously? Yeah, they've got a bunch of different. Wow. I, I, I think he may have set up the franchises beforehand, but his like it's not just an acting class he does this sort of thing where it's like if you're a ceo of a business yeah you want to sort of develop your brand and enhance your personality come and do a workshop with me i got big gene costno vibes (laughs) yes absolutely this is funny getting people to sit up on a big stage all their peers look at them going what's the worst thing you ever did Mm. oh boy the tears come quick and fast here yeah i mean you know some people don't really have really that awful things to say. Like, like Danny, vanilla Danny. Oh, what's the worst oh. thing Danny did? Danny though? declared that he didn't want to work with a slow kid in fourth grade, which made the kid cry. Yeah. Oh. Which is a mean thing to do yeah, as a kid. But it is. It's fucking kids. Come on. But, uh, adults is when we become really horrible. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, I think that's what uh, Alicia says. Like, he had to go back to fourth grade? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's got a big smack of like Steve Rogers about him where he's just yeah. this plain all-American man, not really a huge personality. You're too on. fucking nice. Yeah. At least Jackie Gator like ghosted a friend and never spoke to her again. But oh, fucking Hawk. Hawk's the fucking, oh. yeah. Hawk is the Barry in this situation, yeah. Billy, clearly. And, and, like. and this, this is not mean. What, what the story he tells him is is not a story about him being no, mean. Not but it's it's like one of the most unfortunate, horrible things that could possibly happen, and it made me want to go and give the lad a big fucking yeah, puddle and be saying. like, get out of the fucking, get out of a this reality show, which is the worst thing for someone like you to be in, to get into a business that will be even worse yeah. for you. Like this is like this is tragic. So what happened with Hawk? was him and his mom once were going out and they were getting into the car in the garage. She was still getting into the car. He was going to put it in reverse. Yep. He put it in drive by mistake and he ran over his mom and he broke her legs yep. and both her kneecaps. Yep. And like, you know, you can't get much more serious a fucking lower body injury than that. Like it was, it was awful. And, and he's, he's tearing yeah. up talking about it. Like it's obviously still so painful. It's one of those things where he's probably like, I don't know, something traumatic like that, you could probably convince yourself you can never process that enough. Yes. You know, you'll probably never be done processing I, that. I, I think it's very telling about his personality, though, that when he's asked to think of something mean that he did... It was an accident. What, that's what he goes yeah. to. He went for something that he feels guiltiest yeah. about, not that he did wrong in a mean way. Yeah. Well, we cut to Kenny King, and he's looking at him like... I'm kind of done with you. Like you know, he has a kind of a an angry look on his face almost. Oh, I, I would describe that. it. You know, Kenny King, who was also on Bachelor in Paradise yes. uh, in 2018, handsome, handsome fella, still plugging away in the world of professional wrestling, but still a serious look on his face nonetheless. Oh, yeah. And Hawk, yeah, like I say, struggling to get through the story in tears. Cut to Alicia immediately. Only Hawk would do something like that. <laughs> not fucking it's not a bit of fun mate no his mum was very much injured yeah. this is usually the type of thing that you would get like if i was a teacher and i had to do a thing like this i gave him to write it down first yeah let me vet these please yeah because i mean they know they know full well this is something that happens like they didn't hear the producers of the show oh he's you know? already told this story to at least two or three different producers definitely i mean we saw in the in the first episode during the during the interviews with people when they stood in the ring, mm-hmm. they yeah. straight up got asked, what's the saddest thing that ever happened yeah, to you? that's it. Like, oh, so they probably heard that from Hawk then. Yes. So Big John on the night out has got a, one of his trademark Big John Big Bets. <sighs> <sighs> you all have to go up on the rodeo bull. 
And if any, and if any of you fall off the guys, I'll have to wear jock straps tomorrow. And, and, the, and the girls I, have to wear bikini shoes. <laughs> you big fucking freak. It's okay. They only have to stay on the rodeo ball for two minutes. Yeah. 120 and seconds. And it's only two of them. It's Kenny yes. and Hawk who have to stay on. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny is like, you know, he's he has got... He's centred, let's just say. You've got like, the grip. You know, he's you he, he can go and watch his wrestling and stuff he's done in Ring of Honor and in Impact, etc. Like, the man's got fucking poise and balance. And whether he had developed it here fully... The man can stay on a ball. He ain't he's, going off. He's like. arm up, imaginary lasso. He's he's fucking got it. Billy, I don't think it's his first rodeo. I don't hey. think it's his first rodeo. Hey. We're back, baby. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I hope it's not the same day because if you made Hawk go and do rodeo ball after having to fucking traumatize himself in front of all of his peers. It's presented like the same day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone has also started to think that Alicia's injury is not as bad yes. as it is. At, the, at, at home, around the house, she's walking like an old lady hobbling along and then literally cuts she's the point. She's like, Woo! But like she's also vibing. on a fuckload of painkillers. That's it. Painkillers and booze. I'm sure she's not feeling very poor right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a miracle she's alive at the moment, let's mm. just say. So we come the next day... And oh, Hawk failed, obviously. Yeah, Hawk, Hawk bungled it up. He didn't last the full two minutes. But it also looks like the bull's going faster than it I mean, Kenny. Like, Big John's there with the bull. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone, everyone is furious at Hawk for not being able to hang on to a mechanical bull. That's the new ways. worst thing you've oh, ever done, of Hawk. Of course you would let go, wouldn't the you? You did it on purpose. face on Alicia. She's fucking... I mean, she's got every right to be angry because mm. the bet in itself is bullshit yeah. and gross. This like. is a long fucking sequence we got coming up here now, folks. <sighs> they, they have them all car in and it's like... Oh, like it's it's Al and he's like, Ugh, and it's Bob and he's like, Ugh, and Chavo's there like, oh my god! And they quickly show you a shot of Ivory, so like, it's not creepy, guys. It's okay. Look, she I, approves too. But like, you can tell how this has not went down well with people by the varying degrees to which you could apply the term bikini to what the women are wearing. Yes, because mm-hmm. like Linda shows up in her fucking pants, like yeah. you know, she's like, fuck this, like you Alicia's know. in like basically gym wear, essentially. I like. mean, it's and all the dudes, like, good lord, like they've got big blurs on the backside, and they're like, look at his ass, it's hairy. Look at his ass, it's smelly. Like, yeah. oh boy, people are having to wrestle with their assholes, waving in each other's yeah. faces. Like this is, this is genuinely like. An incident waiting to happen right yeah, here. Like. And they, they, they obviously tried to get as much footage as they could to earn the episode's title, let's just say. Mm. So they send them out for a big old run in front of everyone. And they're yep. like, people would not believe what they saw. And it's like, and just cut into like, a person with a blurred face getting into their car. Like, yeah. Or like, someone with shopping and a blurred face. It's like, you're just seeing people who yeah. you didn't get to sign a release. Like, are, are they horrified? I don't know. And they try to make it out like it is a bit of fun. Like some of the guys, you get talking heads, them being like, hey, I thought it was all in good fun. You Matt know? Morgan thought it was funny Matt, as Matt, hell. Matt and yeah. Jake are both all right with it. Can't take yourself too seriously. Cut to Alicia. This is genuinely disgusting. Like you, some people here are genuinely mad uncomfortable because this is or- this is fucking horrible. Yeah, like, like when they come back to those runners and they're all like looking, they're fucking running to a funeral or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, in jock straps and bikinis. This ain't fun. No, it's not. And then they all come back to tracks where Al is like, 
like, <laughs> you stupid, ugly, yep. disgusting bastard. Now you're going to wrestle ah! each other. Can you put your gym clothes back on? No, no, no. Oh. The whole day like this. Make them do squats and all. Ev- yep. everyone's looking up at the ceiling because yep. they can't look forward. I don't know if it's me watching too much Jackass over the years, but I can't see a group of men in jockstraps and not immediately get phantom ball pain. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Someone's it's getting a bull kicking them in the balls here. Yeah, someone's like... a big thick stewing bone thrown on them or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. So we go back for some more fun times on the beach. Yep. Yay! And uh, it's cold and stormy today as well mm-hmm. to yep. make things even better. So they're kind of like, I don't know, this struck me as like the bullies who are supervising in camp have run out of fun pranks. So they're like, go jump in the ocean. Yep. Okay. Hey, you get two days off though if you jump in the ocean. So and Someone is literally like, as they're, as they're jumping into the water, like, I have a major paranoia about... Yeah. <laughs> Alicia again. They've been put, like, she's the one with the bad back. She's ah, get in there. Hold their heads under. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I wonder if, like, this is MTV and Big John colluding. They're a bad, or, or, bad team. Or if this is just Big John. And I, I kind of hope it is just Big John. I think it's Be- just Big John. Because, like... Can you we you know how difficult it is to plan and film a TV show? Mm. If he's completely fucking derailed it by giving people two days <laughs> off, yeah, right. And they have to spend thousands of dollars doing. Like, There's Raphael shoot. like still on the beach looking at his watch. Like, what the fuck's going on, man? You're paying me by the hour, bro. This <laughs> <laughs> raw recap episode is making more and more sense as we yeah. go through it. And like, and I you know what the chinergy of this as well because they obviously did this so. Hawk could go out and be a hero and like you know, run into the ocean. No one or wants to do it. He leads the charge. He's the first one. So it's like, oh, crazy wacky Hawk up to his old tricks again. And then the episode ends with Big John being like, you know, um, it's it's literally like the Unforgiven two thousand and one. Yeah. Is like, you know, I think the greatest battles are in his mind. I think he has some yeah. unseen personal demons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a close up of Hawk's face. Yeah, and then the episode just fades to black. <laughs> What are they implying here? I don't know. Like, he's coming for them next, like. (laughs) Episode number five. All about personality. Bless. Danny doesn't have the look, nor the aforementioned personality. No. Spent a few moments getting to know this man who, I mean, I just, I I feel bad for him because he is technically on paper got the bare minimum athleticism to have made the cut here. Because he won I'm, the he won the race in the desert, didn't he? He did, yeah. And then yeah. didn't make it. He didn't. It was when Shad got pulled yeah. on his medical that then Danny stepped in. So he kind of looks like a background character in Bob's Burgers, and he's yeah. trying desperately yeah. to be like a superstar. And it feels like this is this is the arc for him. It's like him to slowly figure out that he's not entertaining, and this is what this episode is about. Yes, that you may have some physical attributes, but like you know the fact that you're not tall enough. It ke- they're trying to tell him, like, you're not tall enough. You'll never make it. And he's all motivated. But it's like, the tallness has literally nothing to do with it. Mm. Even in 2002, the man, like, even in the talking heads, it's not like that he's nervous. It's just that he's fucking boring. He's just plain. Have a personality. No, yeah. He's a very plain and There's nothing person. wrong with that. It's just... It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's, you know, it's it's clearly not for him, no matter how much he wants it. The only way you could get away with this is to lean into it in a Lance Storm sort of way and make your gimmick the fact that you are so fucking bland. I mean, it's something like, that you, you and I would see when we were doing comedy. Where yeah, people, yeah. There, there were people who were like, so desperately wanted to do stand-up comedy, but I'm like... And they could be funny, mm. but they, they could, just, they could write funny stuff. Like, but they just d- didn't have the personality. They didn't have yeah. it. Like, yeah, and I think like wrestling, you need to be, you need to be someone who, whether it's something that's in you and you can amplify it up, or something that you can slip into, like and just act it. 
but you have to be able to show something like bigger, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny because Tajiri in his book, he mentions it and he says that like, with a wrestler, the simplest thing that you do should make an audience of people looking at you go, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why Regal does that step forward with the left yes. foot thing because literally rolling and standing up, you should be able to be like, oh, okay, like there's your idol animation. Yeah. You're, you're a wrestler. You have the mm-hmm. capability to make an audience go, oh, okay. Because, like, you know, this is in the days before people even had phones they could start looking at. Like, yeah. you know, I find that you see like a wrestler and they haven't got it all together and, like, at a small indie show and everyone's on their phone. Yeah, like, you literally. know, like, that's fucking bad. And I think Danny, Danny's going to learn all about it today. But we've got not one, but two women who are literally dying on their feet as the oh. training progresses. Who are we talking about first? Alicia and her continued problems or Jesse, who can't feel her hands or feet anymore? Yeah. Well, well first off. Alicia taking a, a hip toss. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They used the same clip magnifying her face three times in a row. Yeah. And I think they do it because it genuinely looks like she pulls her face like she shit herself. Is it, is it a gurn or a grimace, Billy? It, it's a bit of both. It's a gurnus. It's got a definite behind it. Yeah, I mean, she's either shat herself or a hernia is developing. One Ooh, or the other. Yeah. I know which one I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'd say you can push one back in, but I mean, you know. Mm. Moving on. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. So Alicia has revealed that she's been through bottles of painkillers yeah. and ah. muscle relaxants. Ah. Oh, she, Somers too. Is she yeah. going to be the fucking click? Like, what's yes. going on here? Like, <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. She's the bottles of red wine there. <laughs> Jessie is not feeling her hands and her feet. She feels numb all over. And she's also got heart palpitations. Seems to me that she's having a panic attack. That's literally what I thought. I did, yeah. I did some WebMD of all the possible things it could be. Uh-oh. And th- there was only three things oh, it could cancer, be. Oh, cancer, is it? Yeah, there was only three things it could be, and mm-hmm. it was not one of the three, but it ends up being. Oh, okay. Um, so it was either an anxiety attack. Right. Definitely. Nerve damage or labyrinthitis. Oh. Labyrinthitis? Ooh. Yeah, which is um, an inner ear infection. Uh, that can throw off your nerves and make your hands tingle for Fucking some reason. Hell. What uh, you're hearing right now is two men that have not seen Labyrinth recently enough to think of a joke quickly in time. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Bowie, yeah. But no, it makes your dick real big. There you go. <laughs> I just thought that with labyrinthitis, it would be like you know too fantastical to be just your ear sucks. It's like mm. vertigo. Jesse calls home, and. I like I, everyone has a fucking go at her. Like. But like you know, I would say as well that she's someone who she's a competent human being. I'll give her that. Like she's a put together human being, but she doesn't seem to have the athleticism, the character. Like, she doesn't seem to have any of the things that would be like ah, you, we need one of these things in wrestling. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, what's she doing it for? Because she rings home and her family's not happy that she's there. No. Nope. Her boyfriend's not happy that she's there. And it cuts to her and talking and going, I guess I'm really not that happy being uh, here either yeah yikes you know if everyone in your life is not happy with what you're doing and you're also not happy with what you're doing that's the universe telling you to you're not happy yeah i, I, yeah. I might be incorrect but isn't jesse the one who whose mum is in a, yeah. a, a facility Je- jesse is the one who like they they accused her of like you've not really got anything going on like how do we know you're going to be tough enough for this and she explains that she's been living on her own since she was 17 yeah. Her mum's had addiction problems and I, I believe suicide attempts and stuff like that. So Jessie has been through the ringer um, already in her life. This is like the first time she's kind of living for herself. Yes. Does that bit. prepare you for wrestling? Like, does that mean like, oh, she's been through that, therefore wrestling? Because that feels like 
they want someone who's got stories for a reality show, someone who they think yeah. is going to break down on the phone. I mean, you might be able to put up with the emotional shit, but add the physical shit on top of that. Prop- yeah, I don't it, know. it does show strength and character to survive all of that and still like pick yourself up and be as like generally happy a person as she is. It shows that it doesn't she necessarily seems really show. Nice. She does. She seems really sweet yeah, and determined. But cut out for wrestling, I do not think she is. I just feel like there's nothing that MTV and the WWF could agree on more than be like, you know, or sat around a table and be like, look, we want to see strong people get broken down and realize wrestling's too hard for them, right? Mm. Like that, that does everyone good in this reality show. That's one of the the core brand guidelines WWF are looking for here is to prove that like not anyone can fucking do this. Like Like, fucking big man from season one. Yeah, literally. His name was Daryl. No, no, the big, the big white guy. From the first, oh, Jason. Who was, who was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. He like, He's the, the dead cert to win. That's it. They, they are more than delighted to prove to you that, like, this is fucking hard yeah. and horrible. Like. And they drop down their bombshell of them that, hey, in 24 hours, someone's going to get their ass cut. And here are the Dudley boys. Okay. Hello. Oh, baby. Going to get some lessons about not using mirrors. <laughs> I mean, I would describe this as low energy, vaguely useful advice from two men who'd rather not be here. You know what? I was actually grateful of that. Like, yeah. if I see Bubba Ray coming in and he's like really low energy, I'd be like, oh, fuck, thanks for that. I thought they were going to send in like, you know, like properly like, mid-90s heel, you Dudley boys. <laughs> you people are the most disgusting, illiterate, <laughs> ill-equipped pieces of shit. I'm not sure who I would would replace them with I'm not sure the, the Dudley boys for because ca- it's meant to be a character work yeah. Yeah, right? for, yeah. for talking about character gimmicks personas mm. I'm not sure the Dudley boys are the right people for this but I'm not sure who outside of people like the fucking rock well, I mean, is not going to be seen dead on this but I feel like everyone in WWF at that time to some extent I mean you had a few people who were straight laced and all that but every I mean it's a character show at that point in time, you know? You swap them out for almost any other tag team. Like, Edge and Christian could go through this. Yeah. Eddie and yeah. Chavo could take you through this for workshop sure, quite yeah. nicely. Like, I mean, everyone here desperately needs feedback. Massively. Yes. Because no one here is good at all. And I will say, I don't remember the last season getting so quickly into like, yeah, yeah, the physical stuff's hard, but actually this is really important I, I, too. I, I think they literally did it when they did the, the promos with Coach. That's what I think. Yeah. That was literally was it. I think last, last season was 90% like, oh, it's hard on the body, isn't it? But this time they're actually really putting emphasis on how important having a character is. Well, do you not even remember that one time they put Maven under the spotlight and he did a killer promo? He did that presidential yeah. address, didn't he? He did, he did like, the killer promo about Judgment Day and Raven. Yeah. And like they tried, to, they tried to mix him up and he got through it perfectly yep. and the guy who was then on the main roster never considered to be someone that they would give a microphone to yeah. like I can think of like two or three times Maven actually spoke mm-hmm. and that's the difference between someone who's good under pressure and someone who can actually deliver yeah. interesting engaging promos and interviews mm. and stuff like that so everyone here has a go and everyone here to some extent fucks it up I would dare say Kenny King fucks it up worse when he somehow mixes up Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. Jesus Christ. You don't mix up Bebop and Rocksteady? Come on! Yeah. He's literally like, I'm fucking Bubba Ray. That's Devon there. And Kenny's like, yeah, I know Devon. <laughs> like, literally yeah. say it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bubba Ray, you know, he, he really is radiating, doesn't want to be here. Mm. He tries a couple of times, like the guy from New Jersey, he's he- like, here, I'm going to do like a little New Jersey accent for you. But I feel like that, like, when you do something and someone's like, no, not that at all. Here, look, I can do something just off the top of my head. Look at me, I'm great. It's not helpful. Devon is there, I think he's with Kenny King, where he's right in his face and he's like, you want the belt? Step up! Like, he's shouting, like, he's trying to do the thing where it's like, I'm looking mm. you in the eyes and I'm giving you intensity. Yeah. 
you give it back to me. And I think that's the most useful thing that Ethan Dudley does here in this in this round table. You here. need to get screened at. Yeah. yeah. Feed off of that. Like. Yeah. Everyone gets jumpier and cagier as it goes on. Mm. Everyone's red in the face. Yeah. You know, from embarrassment. Which that's is, it. You know, this is nerve wracking here. And then it's Danny's turn. Oh! Now, I'm he's sure we, we all have problems with Danny's turn here, right? Mm. He's still calling himself the Danimal. And all you fanimals. You love me. No, you call them your Dans, right? No. You call them your Dans. Because you can't be Dan, the Danimal, and then they're the Fanimals. That's just fucking confusing. No, it's, it's not. It's too much wordplay. Danimal with his Fanimals. He's Easy. He's, oh my God almighty. He's I mean, an animal. <laughs> not to be mixed up with animal and hawk. Not that hawk. Hawk from Tough Enough 2. <laughs> and he's also breaking the golden rill from season 2, episode 1, which is he's going into the ropes to do his promo. Ah, yeah. do not touch the ropes. No, let do that. And when he's there going like, My fanimals? My fanimals? All of my fanimals? They're going to fanamorph? And then they're going to become the greatest collection? And it just cuts to Bubba Ray Dudley, who's literally like falling asleep. <laughs> like, you know, he's too bored to be upset by this. My name is Danimal. I'm small. I'm not as big as everybody out there. What am I? I'm 5'10", 170 pounds. Danny, he busts his butt, works hard, but you know it's how you look while you're doing it. You think I can do anything? I don't think Danny had too much character in his promo. He was kind of jumpy and nervous, red in the face, and you can tell he's embarrassed out there talking. Tell you what, this guy right here, this guy, all these fanimals out here, they got my back. Because every single one of these fanimals out here want to see me win. Not you. This guy over here, he knows who I am. Danny's little character, what is it, Danimal or something like that of sort? I guess it didn't fly. I don't think you guys know who I am. You're Fanimal, you've said it 900 times. <laughs> Mm. And like another person who could have done with this type of word is Jessie, yeah. who literally misses out on all of this because yeah. she's got to go to the doctor. Yeah, she just can't but be here. She she literally gets to see the Dudley boys walk in, says hello to them, then has to go to the fucking yeah. doctors. Is it safe to say everything they have done to build up character since the auditions where they did promos? Because everyone here I felt is worse than they were then. I think everything they've learned has overwhelmed them, maybe. The trouble is, I feel like a lot of the time these folks come up with like their own idea or gimmick or whatever, and then one person will be like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't do that anymore. You're doing this yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah. and they've but got nothing for, now. For the interviews, they've, they've probably spent six months writing something. And then be told like that, no, nah, you're not doing yeah. that. That's going to prepare right. you for WWE circuit 2002, right? True. You know? But people probably aren't savvy to that being a lot, like an actual yeah. reality but of being t- you know, they, They've probably not been thinking about this. The Dudley boys have just suddenly turned up at tracks. Yeah. And they're saying, get in the ring, do a promo in front of these two guys from yep. the WWF. I, I really, really, really thought it was funny that everyone, like without exception, everyone in the talking heads when they cut back were like, yeah, like other people struggle, but like I think I kind of nailed yeah. it. I, I love Jake's go-to is just to take his shirt off. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll do it in the next episode as well. Yeah. And like, he's just like, I'm doing a promo. Gotta get, gotta get this it's, shot. It's not going well. I, I, I think Jake might be my favourite. I really like Jake. He's such a himbo. Because yes. he doesn't realise yes. how not ready for this that he is. Because mm. he's got the body and he's got the look in terms of he has a haircut. Mm. You know, and he's like, hey, people always come up to me and go, you look like a WWE superstar. And he does, but I would say he looks more like a crate arrestor than an actual WWE contracted superstar. I think it's so funny, like you know, because that is his go-to. And I was thinking, you know, maybe next week they have Lex Luger come out, like you know, <laughs> be like, let me tell you, I used to pop that shirt off thinking it was okay, and then the shirts were too tight, That's or too it. Billy. Can he even afford to pay me to fight? I don't know. <laughs> 
Jessie has been diagnosis. Di- <laughs> You're going to say she's been diagnosis murdered. I was, I was. <laughs> uh, Jessie's gotten her diagnosis. Vasovagal syndrome. Uh oh, those are all the bad V words. And very, very, very 2002, it's not even considered a syndrome anymore. Wow. Really? It's called vas- I, I don't know if it's. Syndrome. It was the attitude era, man. Everyone had vasovagal syndrome. I googled it and there's literally no results. Do you mean. Vasovagal syncope or syncope. I don't know how you pronounce okay. it. Syncope. Uh, well, so, vaso means relating to the to the veins, yeah. right? So essentially what this is, is based on triggers, whether they be environmental stress or something, her blood pressure just fucking plummets out of nowhere. Right, right? okay. So like, That's fucking, that's not for wrestling then. Nope. That's not for wrestling. And it's, it's de- like, it's one of those things that's manageable, but it's one of those things where like a fainting spell's not too, not so bad. That is in t- depending where you fall. Obviously, right. like if you just fucking drop out of nowhere, bang your head, that's you fucking gone. That's okay. Like, that's that's bad because he's he the way he described it, he was like the nerves on your heart aren't working properly. And I'm like, right in wrestling, if you're getting an injury, the two things you don't want to hear yeah. are nerves and heart. Yeah. yeah, those are the two things where it's like, okay, this is not the sport for you. You're looking at this in a very negative way though, because I feel like from Vince's point of view, it'd be like, this girl that's got this fainting gimmick. She could drop at any time. <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna faint? Huh? You're gonna pass out, huh? My God, she's she's blacking out. My God, she she hit her head on the goddamn table. You, you want some coffee, huh? You want some coffee? I mean, look, she, her career would be would be not good. Every match would potentially be Ric Flair's last match for her. Oh. You know, like, why is she still allowed here? Why are other people being medically disqualified? And she's like, like yes, whoa! Yes. Like, it's, it's like this should be it. Yeah, yes, this really. should be it. It's really. obviously not going to happen. Like. Like, I mean, you're not going to get a symbolic tombstone at this point. Like, the way she's going with this. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Al dragging an actual <laughs> stone <laughs> tomb. <laughs> 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 but she's given she's given a heart rate monitor, but she has to keep on yes for 24 hours. Like, what's it gonna like? What? what oh wow! Start so sp- spiking here when you had Taz yelling abuse yeah. at you, and you started being slammed into the mat over, over the monitor. Yeah, like, what, Jesus! What, what Bob and, and fucking Al gonna think when you rock up with your massive yeah. heart? Because it's not just like a little thing you clip on. It's fucking two thousand two. Yeah, this is a fucking harness she's and it's, wearing. It's not just a case of sort of like it's her health, it's her choice. Bob says a couple of times about a few different people. Like, I'm just worrying about what happens in the ring if something goes wrong. Who's responsible for her? Like, you know, they're taking that viewpoint of like we don't want her to be a liability we don't want to get in well, trouble yeah. like. it's, it's, I mean, it, but they're letting her carry on like. it's, it's so bad because it's like you know even letting them in with direct supervision you know doing the amount of stuff they are I think most folks who are involved in training would look at what they do here and go it's probably a bit too intensive for television yeah. you know you're getting trying to get footage they probably wouldn't be doing you know hip tosses you know on their sixth day or whatever it is mm. you know I don't know it just feels like a bit too much as it stands yet alone the drama that now occurs we come back to the house the responsible ones have been out doing grocery shopping yeah and the two most injured on the bubble ladies are having it out it's muscle relaxants versus someone who's just been diagnosed with problems with their heart and nerves why are these two people here at each other's throats how toxic is this it's the it's the boys like yeah this was all down to was it hawk i believe hawk and yeah i think it was hawk and jake Hawk was in the car with Alicia and someone else and they were driving back from tracks and Alicia was basically shit-talking literally everyone else right, in the right. house. 
And Hawk was like, well, people have a right to know, which I always, that is like my favourite, like, just admit you love drama. Yeah. Just admit that you love shit going wrong. This whole thing of like, well, like right. everyone deserves to know every bad thing that's well, People said, have a right like... to know if you love drama, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fair. But that's, the boys are talking about it so loudly that Jesse overhears, because apparently Alicia was saying particular stuff about Jesse. Yeah. And how Jesse's well, going to be the first, the, the next person to be cut. It's so miserable. Jesse right. overhears, and then Alicia overhears and comes in and is like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, I'm just telling everyone what you said in the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, so direct <laughs> about it. Like, like, you got to think the producers are licking their chops when you got like a girl with a heart monitor on yeah. shouting at a girl who's hooped up on muscle relaxants be like, I hope you get eliminated. Well, I hope you get eliminated. They this close to putting like a beeping sound over there. <laughs> <laughs> but then the absolute like temerity of the boys so when Jess, Je- they have it out Jesse makes Alicia cry and all the boys yeah. are like wow Jesse not even I would sink that low it's just like Sweats. you, you started this. this yeah we hear two of the worst things in this episode now and they're worse for very different reasons one is worse because it's just really bad one's worse just because like I needed a time machine to translate what the fuck you were saying one guy goes chicks can't take it man yeah and another guy goes a done dizzy for shizzy. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a done deal for sure, Kevin. Oh, okay. That's just how Jake talks. Yeah, Jake does a pretty good job of calming Alicia down when she's all upset and crying. And I was like, okay, this guy might be all right. And then it literally cuts to him being like, yeah, I just don't think chicks can handle wrestling, man. I don't think they could. They're all quite small and skinny. Bitches, and can't take am I right? Yes, yeah, that's hell. the attitude. We have one of my favourite things in reality TV, which has come up time and time again in the extended Below Deck universe, Mm. which is when someone, when they get a little bit drunk and extremely rowdy, and it's like they become a different person who I hate, we give them a new name to separate the responsibility of that person's actions and put it over here in an odd, hard-to-define orb. Alicia has become... AJ Feisty. It's a great fucking gimmick. Enjoying the ranks of Smashton from Below Deck Meds. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Ashton being a misogynist. Stop it now. <laughs> AJ Feisty is a great wrestling gimmick name, yeah. though. Like, cut chat. We got all the trainers giving their two cents about who they want to see walk out the door. There's quite a few to pick from. Yeah, Bob's usual thing here. He's super tough and being a real hard ass about everyone. Al's being pretty damn fair. Same to Chavo. Chavo is, I think we agreed last time, the most reasonable out of oh, everyone yeah. here. Like, he's got a very level-headed opinion. And then Ivory is literally just there to be like, I don't think she's tough enough. <laughs> Every, I never, it never gets old, does it? No. Like, you might as well turn and look at the camera and like a little, you know, you know WWE logo comes they up. They must like, have been so chuffed when they came up with the names. Like, we can say it all the fucking time. <laughs> it's time for the cuts. Everyone stood up. Al Snow is so intense here. Hate this. I love it. No, it's this, so crap. This, this is this so is fucking silly. This is better than the fucking on oh, no, Austin. The, no, the fucking in the locker. The tag in the locker. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say because it is not as good. I mean, probably the reason why I liked it so much, Adam, to explain is because it reminded me of Austin. Mm. You know, be like stood in front of you, just looking at you long enough to be like, "Why is Steve Austin looking at me?" and be like. <sighs> I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that Steve Austin. That guy. Fucking love him. Big Andy. So Danny is told that he sucks. <laughs> pretty much like, get out. Yeah, get out. It's like, you know, you had a, you have a serious uh, uh, lacking in, in your personality and you had a big opportunity today and you, you, you fucked it up in ways that we couldn't even imagine. 
what are you doing with your opportunity, Daddy? You, <laughs> nothing. You are nothing. But, but, You're fired. There's your tombstone. Get out of here. But then it cuts to me. It's just like, I didn't see this coming. I thought I had it. Like, yeah. Brick Ridge! Like, like Producers, Billy. They're in his ear. They're telling yeah. him. Because, like, I think that he seems a lot more confident than he is because it's been buttressed yeah. by the producer. Absolutely. Being like, you know, you're, you're, you see it all the time in Married to First Sight Australia. Why does this guy think he's a Castanova? Because they've given him a female producer telling him that he's fucking hot you're, and you're sexy. You're the main character. Yeah, you you're, you're it. Like, you're everything. Yeah. Like, And we've learned this the hard way from Adam getting a series of cameos from my favourite character from Married to First Sight Australia, <laughs> which is laid bare yeah. this practice from producers in reality shows. Diminishing returns. Alicia and Jesse. They're both safe. They yeah. should both be gone. Yeah. Jesse, because Jesse, well, both of them medically, but Alicia needs, like, to get out of here before she fucking kills herself with the somas and fucking. Well, she's already dependent in, like, yeah. two weeks or however long it's been. Yeah, like, like, we saw that in the first season as well, where it's like, you know, I know this is unusually tough in the sense that it's something that should take. Months and years being done in days and weeks. Yeah, it's intensive. That's intense. Obviously, you're going to have a higher pain infliction upon you. More yeah. is expected. Cameras on you and all that. But like, no one starts off in wrestling yeah. with a painkiller addiction that goes it. anywhere. It, you know. It. And in like season one though, when they would take the painkillers, they those guys were on. It was all just stuff you could just get from the pharmacy. Yeah, they, they're all on Advil and this, stuff. Yeah. yeah, like this is like... Muscle relaxants. She's, yeah. she's been prescribed yes. strong painkillers. This is the reason why Triple H had to take Shawn Michaels... Like, I found out why Shawn Michaels and the Click like to have a big van. is because Triple H had to take him and put him on a luggage cart and wheel him out of his fucking room. Load him in there, like, you know. You, the saying isn't in wrestling, you have a painkiller addiction once on the way up and once on the way down. Oh, no. Right, you don't start that way. No. It doesn't fucking work out. Dan, he's just left kind of blubbered and red-faced and yeah. it's sad here. Now, Adam, you were keeping track on some of the people who were being cut. I don't know if you have any updates for us. Doing my best. What's going it's, on? It's, I know these are mysterious figures in the world it. of wrestling. It's very hard to get information about a lot of these, frankly, regular-ass people. <laughs> but with, da with Danny here, a quick Twitter search for the Danimal brought up one little backstage promo from Ironheart Pro Wrestling, IHPW, an indie company. I think we say Iron Cross Pro Wrestling. Like. It's, <laughs> it's him backstage with bright blonde, slim, shady hair, and he's wearing a Tough Enough 2 t-shirt, and oh, a guy no. comes in and is like, can you believe all this stuff Al's got us doing? And Danny's like, Al, what, what, what do, you, do, you mean, do you mean like Al like Tough Enough? And the guy's like, and that's the segment. Like, literally, like, both guys. It, it was like, we got 30 seconds. We do something about, um, tough enough. Yeah, okay, we'll think of it on the go. Like, it's real fucking cringe. I swear there was someone, I'm not sure if it was season three or if it was Pewter or one of the people, but I do remember there was a lad who showed up in CZW for, oh, for a spell. Oh, no. And, but he was like, you're rocking, like, I'm, I'm from Tough Enough. I'm a big deal. Yeah. And I, like, for me, like, I love that as a gimmick. It's a fun like, gimmick. You know, I think that's fun. But I, I think now, we've probably got people listening from all across the Midwest and America. Like, what random Tough Enough contestant showed up and did a one-night heel promo? Legit. I'm the star of MTV's Tough Enough, baby! Well, Danny never made it to CZW, but he did do two matches for Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Hey, hey. He did the sound mixing for a short indie movie in 2011, and I'd say probably his biggest accolade to date since leaving Tough Enough. Folks, he was in Shutter Island, uncredited, 
as a Nazi SS guard. I didn't expect the Third Reich to show up here. Yeah, wow. I know. What a twist, eh? What a twist. <laughs> Uncredited Nazi, Danny, we hardly knew ye. I don't remember Nazis in that film. No, me yeah, they were uncredited, Billy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big twist. Half of them were Nazis all along, like, you know? It was like we found out about the Harris twins. It's episode number six. Raw rewards. Old Tombstone Jones here starting us off. We've got a nice long shot there of Al bringing them out. We're six episodes in now. He still hasn't said the T word. I think he actually yeah. has been told that he's not allowed to. He's a little bit self-conscious. <laughs> like the way he can use the word hate on certain networks. Mm. We don't like tombstones. Mm. We like grave adverts instead. <laughs> Jesse's here to chime in. Everyone is more athletic than me, but maybe they want something else. What? Someone not athletic. You yeah, mean. like, you know, she's like, everyone's better than me, but maybe they want, like... Like, the thing is, right, when people say the X factor or the intangible, they don't literally mean a completely unknown quantity. Yeah. They usually mean charisma, mm -hmm. but they don't want to say charisma. And there's usually at least a baseline athleticism that goes along with that yeah. in all wrestlers. Or, like, kind of somebody's got kind of a vague sense that they, they might produce something good under pressure mm. you know maybe that's the x factor but um i don't think they're after a girl with a heart monitor no <laughs> there's there, there is not a job for a girl like jesse in wrestling in 2002 no definitely yeah. not there, there no. is now oh yeah you can definitely have that body type yeah for you know? sure and maybe like she hasn't got the best ability but like you know just being like like one of those regular like enhancement talents that they used to have in NXT. She could be like a that. referee nowadays, even. She could be, like... be a referee. She could be blue pants. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's it's funny because it's like I still when I go one watch something from this era, my mindset goes into like you know yeah like what's available for her in this era, and it's like it's none of those Fuck things. Fuck all. And it's Nothing funny like you could probably go back to the last time we did this episode would have been like you know twenty twenty or whatever. Yeah. And, like, good lord, I mean, it's better now than it was back then. Like, mm. you know, I mean, WWE have multiple female referees now. Mm. It seems to be the norm across indies, mm. big and small, across America particularly, that there is a bit more inclusion. It's still an awful imbalance, I guess, in that regard. But it just feels like there's so many reasons right now for them to whisper in her ear. She's here for the TV, like, that's yes, what's going on. It. It's just for tough enough. And we got a nice segment here to make everyone, including Jake, believe that Jake is the ace in the hole of this season of Tough Enough. Because, I mean, he's run the drills, he looks good, mm. and everyone's like, he looks the best. He does. He looks the most WWE by far. Mm. Matt Morgan, however, oh no, he's got a burning knee. I love this. They, there's now an injury that we didn't know about from before. Like we show from the very first beach yeah. session, yeah. secret injury where they show back the footage where he like jumps over a wall and is like, as <laughs> his knee explodes, <laughs> and he's just been walking around on that for like the last week or so or whatever. I it's another thing about I can't seem to recall much footage of him taking bumps and running drills and stuff like that. Has he been sitting out? He has. No, I don't think he's been sitting out. I think he is just like Big Show like, took him aside to basically show him yeah. big man stuff that you yeah. can't do. Because you're a big guy. Right, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like the other guy, Pete, where it's just because there's still so many people here, you're unfortunately a background character. I think he's not been sitting anything out. He's just been not featured. Right. So okay. Yeah. So Morgan is going to go get that sorted out. And he has a heart to heart with Big John under the invasion banner. And there's something about me like, <laughs> hey, man, tell me what's going on. There's like a big Vince Shane amalgamation. Being like, <laughs> right looking at you. It's almost as scary as the statue of the Virgin Mary I slept under for an entire year. Oh, like, no. you know, it's an intimidation factor. But let me tell you something. Hawk's the funny guy. Yep. And there's literally just a segment where he's like looking in the mirror 
kind of practicing faces. They're like, yeah. you fucking stupid banana. <laughs> this was his homework from Bob, was to yeah. go home and work on his tough guy look, like his mean face, because yeah. he, he looks too friendly in and the ring. And he corpses a lot. He so. does, yeah. He has a big issue with that. Which fucking Ivory was like very quick to give out to Jesse. He's being like, stop trying to be sexy when you're like smiling yeah. in the ring. But obviously when a guy does it, it's just like, oh, he's having a good time, obviously. I mean, there are, I'm going to seem like a big hypocrite because nothing brings more joy in my heart than a wrestler corpsing in the right circumstance mm. and it's all it's never when like someone's in the ring and like you know someone makes someone else laugh that's always funny right i get that but something that brings me joy it's like brian danielson doing literally a heel promo yeah. being like oh of course virginia boo's hard work <laughs> <laughs> i fucking live for that stuff yeah. but i i gotta admit like you need to be able to see you have to be able to go through those different emotions because it only, yeah. uh, it's only fine for someone like Brian to be giddy and whatnot because I know that when it comes push comes to shove, he's going to give me the war face or whatever yeah. it is. You can't be smiley all the time. If you were, it would be one of the creepiest characters in wrestling ever. And, I, you know, everyone is being a bit silly and making fun of Hawk doing his faces in the mirror. But then there comes a point where he's actually nailed, like, quite a fierce look. And the guys are like, hey, that's really... Yeah, that's it. You got yeah. it, dude. Like, they are being very encouraging. They're, they're laughing like, with him, not at him. Absolutely. I prefer this kind of yeah. banter to what Now drink this before. soap. No. <laughs> Poor, funny guy, put a hot coffee all over no. you. <laughs> Hawk is... Uh, he, he seems to be... Less less long term affected than the kind of the traumatic things that have happened to him in the last episode or so. Yeah, you know? and I think people in general are warming up to it. Like, there's more talking heads in this episode from people being like, "Yeah, Hawk's a character and everything, but he's a good guy. I love him. He's he's got he's you know he's got his own problems and he's different to the rest of us." Like, without straight up acknowledging like, "Oh, this guy's neurodivergent and he doesn't you know behave the same way as the rest of us." people do start to embrace him more around this time now. And I think like, it does him a lot of favors to be like you know. I think, you know, for the fact that it's reality TV and all that, they're obviously happy if he's going to have moments where he's, you know, bawling, crying on the phone. But the fact that he can, that can happen from one day and the next day he's back to work, nothing, nothing wrong it. with him. You think about how many people have the teary phone call and then literally yeah. the next day the bag is yeah. packed and yeah, they're going that's home. True, yeah, that's true, Because we didn't mention it. After he did, after he ripped up the homework, first thing he did in the morning was crack of dawn, got Kenny. Yeah. They went to the fucking copy, copy place. Copy the new one. Copy the new one, fill yeah. it out, there you go. He's determined as fuck. Yeah. You can't say that he's not, like... So we got a special challenge, which obviously something else fell through because this is like the least exciting challenge ever. Yeah. Teacher's God. sick, so we got these cones out and we're going to invent a game. We're like... going to watch a VHS. It's called Wrestling 101, okay? <laughs> now what it is, is they're going to go to Santa Barbara City College and then they're going to run on the running track and then they're going to run up all the steps. Whoa. And then they get to sprint to the end. Yeah, and they've, they've got to touch every step, though. Big is very specific about that. You've got to touch every step. And my boy Jake. Oh, Jake! You, you Beautiful, beautiful himbo. I'm right there with him, baby. This is exactly what I would have done. He runs up and with his hand bends down and touches each step. That's what I thought they meant too, Jay. It looked like he was literally with the fall. <laughs> his head was about to yeah. hit the concrete. And he's, he's running as fast he's as he the can. Only, and he's the only one who's, who's chosen to do it that way. <laughs> well, he's the first in he's fairness. First, yes. Everyone else gets to see him be corrected. I was obviously feeling a lot less sympathetic than you two. Like, oh, he's Kyoto. Look at this big fucking Dumbo touching all <laughs> no, the steps. No, no. <laughs> he is a beautiful... I love him. He's a beautiful, kind soul. <laughs> until we never we find out something horrific after he gets cut. And until then, we must protect him. Yeah. But yeah, him and, him and uh, Jackie win the, yes. the, the race. Yeah, Jackie is a fucking hoss. Jackie, I forgot, we've not mentioned this before, I don't think, but Jackie is fucking ripped. Oh, She's yeah. got like, bigger yeah. arms than most of the men here. Like, she 
out of the women, she's the one that looks by far the most like a wrestler. What is so interesting about that is that, you know, when she came into WWE, and she was there, I'd say, for maybe two, two and a half years thereabouts. Mm. Like, the big shoulders and the big arms, all that, like, that went away quite quickly. Well, I was just about to correct myself by saying she's the most that looks like a wrestler, but actually, at this point in time, that's not what they want, is it? No. They, they, no. She's too muscular for that, Yeah, probably, and, like, you know, like, Jackie, who, like, she's got fucking guns and shoulders on her here, like a fucking proper, like, you know, she's... She she looks like a more modern wrestler. Like a Bianca Belair kind yeah. of physique, yeah. And it's so funny because as soon as she comes into WWE, they you know, they have her doing the sexy stuff, the bra and panty matches, yeah. you know, then it's much more making her look like for like we said in the last episode, they've got Terry Runnels, they've got Tori Wilson, they've got yep. Trish Stratus, they've got Stacey Keebler, they have got blonde women for days. Yeah. And the first thing they do with this woman is try and make her look exactly like the other ones who are more well known by the fans, more charismatic, mm-hmm. more tenured, more experienced. And as soon as she left WWE, the first thing she did was get big fucking arms and shoulders yeah. again. So I don't get it. Like you know, it's, it's almost like weird. someone there's got a bit of a thing for blonde ladies, I guess. Yeah, with small arms. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Speaking of fucking freaks, <laughs> Big John Gaborik's in the house. Did you see what he told Hawk to do? This is so fucking dirty. This is weird. Hey, hey, Hawk. Hit on Linda there. Hit on her like uh, you don't know her and you want to pick her up in a bar. <laughs> You're a fucking loser, man. So, I, mean, like, I hate this guy. It somehow would have been less creepy if no one else was there. It's the fact that everyone else is there all sat at the pub lunch looking at their fucking Weird. shoes. We, uh, did you have closed captions on during this bit? So, unfortunately, oh, yes. But, well, no, but I got because Lin- Linda says a word but as a white man I can't say. Uh-huh. Uh, and, really? Y- yes. Uh, and it's what is written in the closed captions is uh, indistinct. Well, I didn't need closed captions to figure out what my man Hawk was saying here. You may remember me from last night's fantasy or tomorrow's Dreidry. Dreidry. Dreidry sounds like kind of a, I don't know, like a tertiary Tolkien character or something like that. Oh my god. So Matt Morgan, his knee is sore. I've got an idea. Why don't you send that and the rest of you into fucking space with the rest of you, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he's pretty much told he's like a hair away from tearing every single ligament in his knee. You need a new knee, basically. You know what, basically, I thought that he'd take it very seriously because he's the type of guy who'd hear any old shot and take it incredibly seriously because of his love of QAnon. What I should do is, I should say, you know what, Q has, has just released a new data pack, Matt, and you have to go to the fucking moon and uh, die. You have to go up there and... and, and <laughs> you have to go up there. The secret, you know what it is, is right up there on, on the moon. There is, no, there is, there is air, there is air. But Cohagen, he's at it again. He wasn't happy with Mars. He's taken all the air for himself and you have to go up there into the ancient temple. Nothing I've said is more ridiculous than what he actually believes. <laughs> the doctor more or less calls him stupid as well. He's like, yeah. Because he, he's like, well, just give me some painkillers, you know, wrap it up. I'll nah. like, no, you're, you're fucking done, mate. And he was like, perhaps he will prescribe me uh, a knee brace or some, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or the correct medicine. Yeah, like, uh, we can figure this out still, you, you right? You need a new brain. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Matt Morgan, he's g- 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 gone. Yeah, Big and Al Snow don't even like entertain it for a second. They're literally just like, it's like yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yep, you're gonna, gone. you're gonna have to go. Yeah. See, the problem, Matt Morgan, is a lot of blueprints never actually get made into buildings. Uh, sometimes they just <laughs> stay in the architect's office, all rolled up in a big tube. I, so I, let's I, just get you out of here now, nice and safely, and put I, you away. I was surprised by this though, because 
because of everyone here, the only two names I know were Jackie Gader and Matt Morgan. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I was surprised that Matt was like fucking out early so on. So quick. Yeah. Someone has said something to him. As in like... You've got a job. Someone else is a senior. Mm, yeah. Because he goes, look, I could stay here and do permanent damage or I could go home, heal up six to eight weeks and I'm going to get the contract. Yeah. And lo and behold, six to eight weeks, he is in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Like, yeah. You mm. know, so... I mean, I don't know to the extent which he's cut himself here, basically, Adam, where you find anything about the furthering endeavours of Matt Morgan beyond... Uh, what I've written down here is, you tell me. <laughs> I, I figured you just automatically will know a million percent more about Matt Morgan than I will. Yeah, I literally couldn't wait till he was eliminated. Just like, Come on, <laughs> g- give it to me, baby. What's the real dirt here? What we got? He's the drizzling fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Matt Morgan is the guy who... I mean, I actually... I For Paper View Classic over on How To Wrestling's Patreon, I did for Survivor Series... I think it was like, oh, three it would have been he was part of team lesnar he was right. brought in with nathan jones oh as basically like you know brock lesnar he's the killer world champion and paul Heyman has gotten him special big useless men to team with for, Surviv- yeah. for survivor series muscled up statues 2.0 didn't do you know he literally didn't know his arse from his fucking elbow like right. you know I, I was actually amazed at how shit he was you know and i was ready to hate him for all different reasons he was let go then for a little bit, came back from developmental with the stuttering gimmick. I believe they were going to pair him with Carlito. Like he was going to be like a big dude who looked after a little he, dude. Uh... He did the F5 after Lesnar was gone. That was like the one thing. But he also stuttered. So like, what is it that's going on here? <laughs> Vince McMahon, I've got complicated feelings. Where? Uh, he went over to TNA then. where He made he... some money there. He did, yeah, because he was pegged for greatness by one of the, you know, half dozen people who had significant booking power in, in impact at any given time. Mm. Cornette thought that, you know, he gave him the nickname The Blueprint. Cornette, right. whose golden child in OVW was Matt Morgan. Right. Cornette, whose golden child then was the guy, he's like, well, I know this guy when I was in OVW and I've just been fired from OVW, so here I am, he's going to come and fuck my wife. <laughs> you know, he's brought him into to TNA and obviously he's going to push him and say he's great because he's a reflection on him. Yeah. You know, and that's one of those things where when someone's got like, a guy and it's not like Jim Ross has got a friend in Dr. Death Steve Williams it's like you're someone who has taken a lump of clay and you've told me you've molded it into a statue and it's just a fucking lump of clay hail with Jimmy Hart yeah exactly and Jim Cornette's written all over it so you know he was in TNA for fucking ever and he had every fucking push under the sun and Jesus Christ I watched him in Crimson Wrestle you know I've, I've watched so many Matt Morgan matches and they did the gimmick with him when Hogan came in. It was his last big push. Was that he was going to be the guy to call Hogan out. And make Hogan go like, brother, I can't wrestle anymore, but you're calling me out. Right. And they did this gimmick where he disrespected Hogan. He stole Hogan's old robe. The, the, <gasps> his iconic robe that yes, he always wore. The one he wore at Shea Stadium. Whoa, I and, don't know that. And he'd come out with the robe goading Hulk Hogan. And the funny thing about it was that he was miserable because he was paired with Joey Ryan and he didn't want to be paired with Joey Ryan. And he got a fucking sex pest and a dunderhead together be like, we hate each other. And then they were gone from TV. So cool. it was, it was one of the things where he came back for a few shots here and there. But before you know it, he was like kind of one of these guys where it's like, I've, I'm, I'm a star. I've made my money. I'm out of here. I'm a man now. You know, and he, he got into business. He, you know, 
got his toe back in doing like some podcasts and stuff in 2015 and 16 but now he is a corrupt politician who uh, uh, tries to run QAnon yeah. charity affiliated uh, shows with Drake Wirtz. A, so. wow. a full time contrarian of his politics as well. Yeah. Right? Because he was a lifelong Democrat until, until a month before he Motherfucker, so, once again. So, so, so he was like, I'm a Democrat, but then he said, Oh, I could probably get in if I, I if I go in as a yeah. Republican. Yeah. And it's Florida. The old so, Glenn Jacobs method. So that's what he yeah. did. And then he went. Florida loves a wrestler. Mm. Love a wrestler. Full right wing, full Q and on yeah. off the back of that. And Easy the, election. Yeah, the proper Dennis Randall's like, oh, we'll go for the low hanging fruit. And he's like the fucking comp troller or some bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, he was mayor, but obviously he's something else. So now. Like, it was like, I just uh, he was mayor for like a year and a half. Yeah, right. I think they're about. Before he got like someone else got voted in. But the most important takeaway from all of this is he made big money in wrestling because when Hogan and Bischoff and Spike TV and you know, and TNA had had money, mm-hmm. you know, it lost a lot of money. But between the Carters and the money that it got from the networks for the rights fees, he got six figure contracts year on year yeah. for a good stretch of at least four or five years. He's made more money than anyone on season one or two combined. And oh, one, for sure, yeah. And anything I've told you about him since would make you relay the point and think that it's completely besides the point and useless, but he has got a head screwed on his shoulders enough here that he wasn't one of these lads where he's like, you know, someone had to tell him to save his money, no one had to mm. tell him to invest it in property, no one had to tell him to retire before it was, you know, he got injured. You know, he did all that stuff himself. So he had the blueprint of how to make money as a big man in wrestling and fail to entertain anyone ever. (laughs) (laughs) There's a book in there. (laughs) Jake is genuinely delighted that Matt is gone. I don't even think he realizes it. Just cuts him be like, well, now that Matt's gone, I think it's anyone's game, basically. Looking over his shoulders like, it's Taz. Hey, I'm a much softer version of Taz now. It's nice, Taz. I've calmed down quite a lot. Yeah, it's uh, Anger Management Jones over here. Like, yeah. you know, he's he's just here to be like, hey, you know, last time we were in the desert, today you're going to Monday Night Raw. Okay. You're going to Monday Night Raw. I was actually suspicious of this. I was waiting for the other shoe yeah. to drop. Yeah, like, they get your cars of dogs. And arr, arr, arr. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm driving like didn't season one where we drove him to the fucking pig pen where Paulina smashed a. Oh floor God, and yeah. Smashed a knee on a rock. Like. Yeah, I think we're we're getting very very limited doses of Taz here. This is yes. like weaning yourself off kind of something you know sugar in your coffee or whatever less and less taz so you don't notice him when he's gone they're here at monday night raw in anaheim california they're in the pond it's an iconic arena yep i couldn't think of a better place to go see wrestling at the time you know for for a wwe crowd because it's a hot crowd i remember this episode of raw from seeing the clips from it it's like it's a good time it's like Obviously a good time, but also wrestling is in a downward spiral. But it's still yeah. a good time. The Rock's still here, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, and all the wrestlers come out to season one. It was like you had to go find the wrestlers. Yeah. Yes. Seems this time the wrestlers are all coming out to actually meet the meet the gang. They want to see who the next Maven could be. Billy. They want to see the new Maven. We get a little look at William Regal. Oh, He's, this uh... was great. Did you see what he did? Uh-huh. Everyone, of course, was shaking hands and all that, and he went up to everyone and went, Steve Regal. Oh, Steve Regal. Class and he was giving a look in the eyes. I think it was as if to say, like, we're people too, you know. Yes. We don't, you know, some of us may, but not all of us view ourselves as being like, I'm the guy on TV or whatever. Yeah. He was being very humble, as humble as he can be with the really strange, you gotta shake everyone's hands, brother. Mm. Yeah. Because at the end, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like a fucking, you mentioned The Apprentice is like, like the last five minutes, or like before they're finished the task. Like, ah, quickly, we have to shake uh, Sergeant Slaughter's <laughs> hand. Ah! 
They meet The Rock. They meet Edge. They meet APA. Taking the piss out of Jake's hair. Like. Oh, I mean, in fairness, I feel like if you go for that haircut, you know that's coming. You can't like, go near Bradshaw with a hair like that. No, definitely not. That's just inevitable. Kurt Angle, Albert, and the Big Show all sat in catering together. Eating. There's a table. You can't sit with us. <laughs> Stone Cold keeps fucking egg rolls in his fucking pockets. What? <laughs> what is no, no, Steve no, no. Austin? Those are the doobies that he's smoking with uh, Rick Rude. Egg rolls. <laughs> Look, Billy, the man never completely got out of the eating raw potatoes yeah. mode. Like, he's you know? literally stuffing his the hoodie pockets full of egg rolls so he has something to snack on which Steve Austin have we got here tonight is this just before taking his board this, going... is, this is what Steve Austin Okay. so he needs a good line in for later on tonight is basically what's happening he is chewing out the catering situation here he's just literally t- like turning over his shoulder to the tough enough cast like oh you got this healthy shit here these vegetables everyone eats that crap these days I'm gonna take my ball and go home <laughs> he needs to go take my egg rolls into my locker room like it's time for what we did last season promo time with Coach and the Brawler love this. this is a trial by fire yeah i think they're trying even more so to get them on edge i don't think they need to because jesus mary and joseph these are some people who are fucking awful at promos i'd say the person who does the the two people who do the best in in this particular showcase are hawk and linda yes i thought Agreed. jackie did all right but we only saw like 10 seconds of her. With, with linda the character she was portraying i'm like I can see why they gave her the, the fucking dominatrix gimmick. Because she says Cause she's, she's uh, being that sultry and seductive. The, the character it. name is Hot Sexy Mocha, which she did to Bubba Ray, like, kind of all sheepish. And he's like, what are you, a coffee? I mean, that, that is what a mocker is. Yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. But by before, like, we were saying, oh, how could they give her that gimmick? But, like, it looks like, to a degree, it's coming from her. Yeah. This is, where she, this is what she's comfortable with. She's got a train. bit of spice in this yeah. character already. Kenny King beefs it. Yeah. You know, but they're, like, stood right behind him the whole time. Like, like I feel like he was someone who he's probably the most solid fundamentals all round guy they have. I think so. But I don't think that he has the it factor, so they're just kind of, you know, trying to make him seem like a bit of a fool. Jesse beefs it as well. And I will say, like, you know, it's probably the worst crop that they have. Because I remember watching Tough Enough season three and further ones afterwards. And the ones that they did with Steve Austin and the season they did that the Miz was in. I mean, I think they were all like, they were all coming into this thinking, I'm a performer and I have to be able to talk. Yeah. It is weird that they went for a lot of characters for a reality show, but very few of them are actually confident talking. And Jesus Christ. Or the ones that are are then having their confidence ruined when they're told they're not allowed to do that. Like, yeah. Jake, Jake is here and he's prepared. Uh, Adam, he didn't have much confidence to begin he, with. He's prepared this whole thing and he's like, yo, my name's Chisel. Stop! I don't like the name Chisel. You're uh, you're goofy now. Fucking Lombardi takes him yeah. down so Hey, bad. they call me Brooklyn Brawler, so you're going to call you a goofy idiot with a big butt and my butt smells and also this stink coming out of my butt. And Jake is literally stood there like, I'm, I'm goofy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm, I'm gonna he pops the top off again. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, big wet patch appearing on his trousers. They cut to Brawler, dead serious, going, I can't believe it. He totally dropped the ball. He had a great real opportunity with this goofy character, and he didn't. He didn't. He dropped the ball. <laughs> cut, cut to Brawler at Vince's office later on that night. Vince, I had a great idea for a character. You're gonna get me back on TV again. It's called Goofy. Goofy. <laughs> and then we'll have a very goofy pay per view. And I get out of my office. No, no, this is gonna be an extremely goofy pay per view. Down the trap door. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he starts trying to take credit for Chisel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, great a piece of I'm that. called Chisel now. <laughs> 
All right, they make out because I think they have to because of the format of this show. This always happens in The Apprentice where everyone does awfully, but it's like, well, one person did tangibly not as awfully, so we have to make it out like it's a great big success. When it's definitely not. So Hawk is meant to be the one who has the good promo here. The promo which I've titled Hawk in the Dark World. Yeah, that's which, what it's about. Which, much like Thor in the Dark World, <laughs> is not as good as anyone will ever tell you it is. Yeah. Okay, you are wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin on next week on Raw. Alright, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you all big and bad in your world, the rattlesnake. Let me tell you something, I'm bringing you into my world, the dark world, where you can't see anything. You're blind. I will suffocate you. Hawk surprised me. You did pretty good. He uh, emphasized all his words a lot, and his facial expressions were pretty good. Feeling it, feeling the pressure. I think I kind of shocked everybody. Everyone's kind of thinking that I was going to do something kind of goofy or weird or corny. I get up there and just let it out naturally. That's what came in with the strike. Pretty good. Good job, Rob. Pretty good. There's a lot of badasses in the WWF. Hawk is not like that. Hawk's like, I mean, he's got. A character in the sense that he's talking in a voice that's not his normal voice and he can do it consistently. But what he's saying is pure garbage. Yeah, this is proper it's, indie, I'm yeah. twisted. And it's like something you would have seen them in like season one doing the promos in the ring for the audition, them going like like the evil custodian or something. Yeah. Like Rolling your eyes uh, at it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been done before. It's, it's Chris, Christopher Daniels' Fallen Angel gimmick. Yeah, yeah. It's Edge's Judgment Day gimmick. It's that. <laughs> it's, it's the same fucking And it's the 2002 when it's peak that gimmick as yeah. well, yeah. I feel like, Edgy. you know? They talk about like, you know, Hawk's got something, man. They're like, yeah, Jake's got something, man. And I was like, you know what? You could take Hawk and you take Jake and combine them together and you still wouldn't have half a wrestler. Mm. They're both <laughs> missing they, the same thing. Yeah. Like... It, it's made me think, I really don't know who's going to win from the man. Same. You know, I'm actually quite excited about the unpredictability of it. I cause... really don't know who, which guy's going to win. Because no, I mean, I... you guys have not seen this season before. No, no, no. Right? no I have okay. no idea what's going to happen. Like, I've got an idea who's going to win from the women based on like two I know who are going to be. Yeah. In WWE at some point, the men, I have no fucking nope. clue. Like Jake could easily be just one of the lads from the Spirit Squad, and I and, <laughs> yeah, I'd, have, genuinely, and, I'd, and I'd have genuinely, no idea. Yes, Mikey, Nikki, Kenny, Jake, <laughs> <laughs> and we are the Spirit Squad. <laughs> Goofy was the last member of the Spirit Squad. <laughs> Goofy. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, so they watch Raw. I mean, it's just a bunch of highlights. It's the Raw where Rock and Trish Stratus team up against the Dudley boys. What the fuck? Yeah. They see Bob's return from injury. Yeah. yeah in a dark match. Stiffing the fuck out of Frankie Kazarian. All the... Oh, was that Frankie Kazarian? That was Frankie. Yeah. You actually see a shot of the uh, the booking board backstage where it says ah. Bob's taken Frankie Kazarian and like M. Henderson, whoever that could God, be. That no is... idea. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of grim that all of the trainers were in dark matches. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't even on heat, lads. And you know that they wouldn't have been in those yeah, dark matches yeah. if it weren't for tough I, I imagine Al versus Fanaki would have been a fun oh, match Oh, fuck though. yeah. Especially because it's a dark match. It would be even more silly and fun than it would be on telly. Yeah, three rotations on the snowplow to Fanaki. No one's seeing this match ever. <laughs> and then we get this like shot of like Austin versus Jericho in a cage and they're brawling and then that's it. End of the episode. Just like 
lights out. I mean, my final thoughts were that Bob Holly looked legitimately cool when he did the big open hand slap, and he went, "That's how it's done," and went back into the yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. Co- after he wins, he comes out and he, he slaps hands. He's, he seems really nice. I think it may have been the nicest I've ever seen Bob Holly. Yeah, because yeah. because it was a dark match. He's like, no one's ever going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it would have been on TV, he would have headbutted them all, slapped <laughs> them, like take him out Alabama slam on the heart monitor. Like, <laughs> I mean, it is a. It, it's I guess I didn't think we do tough enough we're going to see one of these episodes right yeah you know, where they go where they go to the big city and nothing happens i am thinking that we've got very few aces here and honestly looking at the crop here jackie gator and linda miles i mean they seem like and i would say linda is, is as a stand a bit of a stretch Jackie looks like she's got all the tools to be uh, a player at the moment. But we've still not really gotten to know her in the show. Not and really. they've not started to actually do stuff really yeah, yet. No. And I will say, Billy, if you remember, they previously made this very clear. It doesn't have to be one man and one woman. It's two contracts. Okay. It could be two women. It could be Jackie oh. and Linda for all we know. Okay. It's obviously not. Because can you imagine WWF crowning two women in a yeah. in reality show? Like, <laughs> definitely not. But, but it really could happen. Know, like, aside from like getting in like a fucking... Like saying none of these are going to ring when fucking... John Morrison was at the bring fucking, him back. We don't care whatever reason Shad was out. Shad, you're back in. Like, like that's the, like honestly, the, like as much as I like like the personalities of some of the guys, they seem like good dudes. Yeah, I'm just like none of you. Yeah, none of you fit. None of you fit. No, like, not yet, at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would ever fit in wrestling in the state they're all in mm. at the moment. Like, is um, yeah, producer's choice is what we got going on Pretty here. Like, honestly, I, I am predicting that is a prediction, but we're gonna have someone brought in. The, a ringer. Yeah, new I think we are gonna in. bring a, a yeah, someone in. I wouldn't be surprised. And are we are we anticipating departures for the uh, the two injured ladies at the moment, Almost Alicia definitely. and Jesse? Like, they'll they'll be gone by the. Uh, by the end of the next three episodes yes. that we'll cover, They'll they be will both be gone. Remember season one, we barely had any actual eliminations. It was yeah. mostly like people forced to go home yeah. for one reason or another. But let me tell you guys, I don't know about you, but I mean, I think I do. I had a whole lot of fun watching Chuff Enough again. Yeah. Oh, baby, you're I've telling me. It. After all the fucking DX we had to watch and after boys' picks, it was so nice to sit down with what was basically just a fucking pudding of a podcast. Yes, like, please. Loved it. Can't wait to bring you some more of Chuff Enough season. Oh, careful. Last time you said that, some very bad things oh, happened. And, uh, One day we'll do more. One day more. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comments below. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts and your audio, don't forget to leave us an old rating or review. Appreciate it as always. Or if you want to recommend us via word of mouth, aka the original retweet, do so. We're always after new listeners of the Attitude Podcast. Hey, guess what? We just passed six and a bit million lifetime listens. Oh, goddamn. That is fucking stupid. That's more than there is people on the planet, Kevin. That's Pretty insane. Damn much. That may be the original retweet, but if you want to get on the new advanced version of retweeting, why don't you hit us up on Twitter at AE Podcast, where you can keep up with all of our comings and goings, some sharing of goofs, gaffs, and memes, and also just seeing what's going on with the boys. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast, where we've got a fucking shit ton of video content, clips from old episodes, clips from new episodes, and little previews of our Patreon exclusives. Yes, the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Support the Attitude Era Podcast, get access to a ridiculous amount of audio content it's the reason why this show is ad free and will remain so 
because we're lovely backers there over on the Patreon. And hey, if you've got a project, a podcast, a YouTube series, a website, a thing that you want to get in front of our listeners, don't forget Season 5 is imminent and there are caption contests to be sponsored. Info on the Patreon or at sharepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to matthewsbotchermania.com. Stuff, things, tough enough is back, baby. <laughs> I love rugby, man. <laughs> <laughs> the stinger's in the house. Well, until next time, where we're gonna... We're not gonna say what we're gonna do. We're just, yeah, just, we'll see what fucking happens. Until next time, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, DNA. And we'll see you next time on the Outshare Podcast. <laughs>